Welcome to 1991 Movie Rewind, a podcast where we watch and review every movie released in 1991, from the all-time greatest classics to the critically panned and everything in between. We will rediscover forgotten fan favorites and uncover hidden gems as we explore the depths of direct-to-video. Join us in our celebration of the fun, unique, and diverse films of this highly underrated year. This week, we watched Dutch. Doyle Standish, played by Ethan Embry, was planning to come home from boarding school to see his dad for Thanksgiving. When his dad cancels due to a business trip, Doyle's mom's new boyfriend, Dutch Dooley, played by Ed O'Neill, offers to go down to Atlanta and drive them both back to Chicago. After a violent introduction to each other that sees Dutch beat up by the snobby Doyle, they hit the road for an adventure with unintended pit stops. Screenplay by John Hughes, directed by Peter Feynman, and released on July 19, 1991. Have you seen Dutch before? Yes, I have. I have not. Okay. I, I knew of it. Uh, I, I think the main reason we didn't watch it in our house is because Ed O'Neill's in it. Oh. And my mom was very much against the Married with Children type shows of the world. Like Beavis and Butthead and Married with Children, those were shows that should not be watched, were not allowed to be watched in the house. Um, Why? Because they were just... Crude and crass and whatever. I don't know. I'm just like, (laughs) I'm very glad that I grew up watching whatever I wanted to watch. I I I, I still I snuck a few episodes of Beavis and Butthead in. Um, But Married with Children never really interested me too much as a kid either. I... Kind of watched it when I was older because of Christina Applegate. Okay. I don't think I've ever seen a full episode of it. I've seen scenes, but I don't think I've ever seen a full episode of Married with Children. Back when I was a kid, I I liked it. It just seemed like it was going to be, I don't know, gross out for the sake of being gross out. You know, like with the hand down the pants type of stuff and, you know, just like crude just for the sake like of being crude. Like burping and farting and stuff. Yeah, but it yeah. wasn't really... I'm sure it wasn't. But like that was, that was you know, 10-year-old <laughs> like me's impression how it. it was portrayed. Yeah. And like, oh, that doesn't seem that interesting. So like, I don't care. But like, we have some but had, had a different mystique to it. You know, it was animated. It was... Yeah. Um, yeah, the music video aspect of it, too, and them just, like, riffing on that, which I thought was funny in and of itself, of course, and some of the best parts of that show was the music video stuff. But, um, yeah. So, I think she sort of saw Ed O'Neill, and it's like, okay, well, this is going to be the same type of I mean, character, there is and some, so like... we probably never watch it because of that whole oh, okay. thing. It's like, oh, well, he's that guy. He's, he's Al Bundy. I don't want to see Al Bundy. I mean, there are a couple scenes where he does, like, crude things, but yeah, it's with, not, like, over the top. You're talking about in this movie? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd say that this is perfectly cast. Yeah. Cause because I it's... did see how many people that they wanted for this role. Yeah. And I think he 
did a good job. <laughs> he, did, he, he did a great job of this. I, I think it's a perfect extension of that type of a character. So sort of playing off of what you probably would know of an Al Bundy and then like the only giving other, it some additional heart. Yeah, the only other person that I can think of that would probably be able to do this role is like Dennis Leary. Okay, yeah. But I know he wasn't even considered for this, but I was thinking like it's kind of like he could Dennis Leary could also do this, I think. I think so. Yeah, I don't know how much he was trying to act back then. Yeah, I don't know like when Dennis Leary up. became um when did he become like he had done a couple movies in the 90s like i know like, like the ref is when that's like yeah that's like 95 ish maybe so i think and that's then there's when that holiday movie the something about like the some christmas movie that he's in as well and then obviously rescue me later than that but right but like before that i don't know why we're going on a dennis leary <laughs> tangent but i remember just seeing him on mtv as being like the asshole guy yeah and that's where he started but when was i was it this has to be after 91 so like maybe 93 is when he started to become like well that might have been his heyday. yeah yeah i don't think he would have been um, but I'm just like if they did this movie again, maybe if they did it like ten years later, I would see Dennis Leary doing it. But uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> but I also, I'm glad Ed O'Neill got the part. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I think he was perfect for this role. I think he knows how to bring that mix of. <sighs> I, like I kind of want to say toughness, but like yeah. it's it's not really like you can always see the soft interior of him. Oh. Okay, the this movie also like I, like a like I'm a working class guy. I'm a hard ass, but I also have like a heart of gold type of thing. Exactly. Yeah, and I think what that's a big part of what Ed O'Neill brings to this character is that he provides that tough love that Doyle has never seen. Um, he gives back. You know, he he. In the opening scene, you know, like where, the, well, not really opening scene, but the opening scene where they meet each other and Doyle essentially thinks that Dutch is an intruder into his boarding room because Dutch is just there rifling through his stuff, just kind of snooping around and looking while Doyle was off doing like karate practice in the gym alone because right. he has no friends at the school because everyone hates him because he's a stuck up little shit. And... So he comes back to his room and sees this grown man that he's never seen before. Right. And so, you know, he uses his karate skills or whatever and, like, just beats the crap out of him and, like, kicks him in the nuts and whatever and then pulls out a what turns out to be a BB gun but looks... Or air it gun, looks like a real gun. But it looks like a real <laughs> gun because they didn't, they didn't have those rules back then. Right. I was <laughs> so, like, they wouldn't, they wouldn't do this now. Yeah, now <laughs> they don't have those, um, those you know... Yeah, back back then, toy guns looked like real guns on purpose, yeah. and uh, so it was a BB gun and shot, like shot Dutch the, a couple times. Like groin, yeah. And um, and Dutch says, "Yeah, I'm going to get you back. Like I'm going to shoot you in the butt because it's not going to hurt as bad. But I'm still, I'm going to get you back." Uh, and he eventually, you know, gets basically bound and gagged and carried out on a hockey stick with all of his belongings into the car. I mean, so, this is kind of, like, problematic. <laughs> I, 
you could have just been like, yeah, this dude could have gotten arrested for like kidnapping. Yeah, there's some interesting stuff that, that... <laughs> and the way he goes about like gagging him and throwing him in the back seat, like you li- you honestly cannot do that to a child now. No, you couldn't then I mean, either. I mean, but... Yeah, but everyone's <laughs> but for the like sake of comedy. laughing, like yeah. oh, he finally got this shitty little stuck up kid to shut up by yeah. doing this. Yeah. So I mean, I think it it shows that he's not afraid to. Like, stand up to a child. Exactly. Yeah, he's he's willing to dish it as well as take it. So, I, I, yeah, I was honestly surprised that there were not scenes where Doyle tried to get Dutch arrested for abduction or whatever. That's... Or just simply ran away from the car at, like, one of the gas station stops that yeah, they had. Yeah, that's what I was kind of... Th- I th- thought that would have happened because, I mean... I would have done that <laughs> if I was a kid. Yeah, especially at the very first. Like, this I is would... a guy who says he knows your mom. Right? Yeah how like, how do I you know, don't know that? For sure. Yeah, how do I know that you know my mom? And um, the first stop in Tennessee that they show. I mean, they're coming from Georgia, but they stop in Tennessee first in terms of the movie. They stop at this place that's a gas station slash fireworks shop. Perfect combination. And they, he just leaves him in the car and he goes out and buys yeah, he a could whole bunch have of ran off and, and been like, "Hey, I've been kidnapped by some rando guy." Yeah, Doyle could have told the, the gas station attendant or whatever, or flag someone else down. Yeah, call nine one one, whatever. Or he could have just used a payphone or anything. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but that doesn't happen, and and I you know I understand why it doesn't happen, but it's one of those weird things where it seems like a natural natural bit of conflict that they could have thrown in there and they just don't um but really what the main conflict is is a class struggle yeah you have the uh the standish family is extremely wealthy the dad does something I don't know if they explain what he, he does, do they? There was a point where when they were driving back up to Chicago, they showed a construction company and they showed um, yeah, that's a the sign. Big, that's the big reveal for, for Dutch. I'm saying the dad, the like Christopher his, McDonald's uh, character. I don't know. Oh, I don't does. know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He's just like family wealthy. Yeah, he has it's some sort of wasp family. Massive white collar, probably like stock bond trading, whatever. Who knows yeah, they what. don't even say. But... Um, but extremely wealthy. The mom has been divorced from him. Well, in the very the dad's just a total shitbag, and so everyone is upset with her. Because... Yeah, like it's her fault that they divorced. Yeah, and, and, because you always trust and... the man with the money. Right, and. Doyle is even mad at his own mom for divorcing his dad. Yeah. Everyone's mad at the mom. Everyone's which is mad at the mom for trying shitty. to be happy. But instead of just taking the money. Even though he the dad is the one that's like cheating on her or whatever. And he's a total typical Debbie dad. Like the first scene when they're in the country club thing, it's you know, Reed is the the name of the dad. Mm-hmm. He's you know, the typical Debbie. He's he's using his money and power over her over natalie 
and basically saying, oh, yeah, I'm not going to be able to get Doyle from school and have him be with Thanksgiving because I have this unexpected trip in London, and you're going to speak with him anyway, so why don't you tell him? So I don't yeah, even you have can't to... even speak to your own child right. and say, hey, I can't see you because this and yeah. this and this. I'm going to make you the villain and be the bearer of bad news. Yeah. And if you don't do what I say, I'm going to take away the house, I'm going to take away the money, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, in the beginning... She, they're at this ritzy party for, I don't even know what, and I don't know why she was even there. Yeah, I don't remember if she said why she's there. But yeah, I think it's, I think the main reason movie-wise that they're there is to show the contrast and show that Natalie is not like them, that they, that they have a lot of disdain, and then also to introduce Dutch Dutch as this uncouth, low-class guy who... Even the dogs don't like because they're biting at his ankles and he gets locked out of a, he gets locked out of the house. So look at how stupid yeah, it's and like poor he Ace is. Ace Ventura level where he goes to that party <laughs> with yeah. Courtney Cox. Yeah. And he still has like the leaves on his coat from where the dog, you know, like right. got him into the bushes or whatever. And like, oh my gosh, look at how unmanageable and how. But un- she, Natalie even says is. like this off the wall comment like yeah he like reed knocked me up when i was young and we got married and then he cheated on me and here we are type of thing yeah because <laughs> yeah Cause, yeah the, the friends at the party are basically trying to they're just trying to be make nice small talk i guess or like, and oh, she's well, just... why didn't you you know we really like reed why don't you see why didn't you stay with reed or something like yeah that? and she's like well like she just says that like we were really young he knocked me up we got married and he became a dick and now we're not married yeah in like one long breath and they're just like oh okay and then they roll up their eyes and whatnot yeah so yeah so it's all about class difference and and doyle very much buys into this whole thing and thinks he's better than everyone because his family has money his dad is powerful because of the money and so he is equally powerful and important. And so that that's one of the, the main things that they get into. But what I really like about the movie is that it doesn't do it a whole lot verbally. So there's a very early scene when they're in the car together. And Doyle obviously is like sticking his nose up at Dutch. And, you know, makes this, you know, comment, oh, well, but you're working class, so you're, you know, without saying you're beneath me, you know, implying you're beneath me because you're working class. Mm-hmm. And Dutch just simply responds like, and it, working class is bad. Working class is He's bad. He's like, I'm proud to be of a working class. Like, what's wrong with that? Yeah, and so he explains it a little bit. But then the rest of the movie, aside from that, isn't and using words. It's, it's using just... actions and moments to show. Mm-hmm. It's not about money. It's not about what class you're in, quote unquote. It's about what you do as a human. And so, like, the rest of the movie is just him showing through actions and, and word, not words, but, you know, like, all these different scenarios yeah, and that they come Doyle across. Yeah, Doyle has been brought up mostly better. by his father, I guess, just to be, like, rich people are better. Yeah. <laughs> no matter what. Yeah. The ones that have the money and the power are going to be the best. Yes. Yeah. And that's kind and of everything they how do is right. Doyle is being raised, unfortunately. Yeah. And so, yeah, the Dutch is able to show that to him through these various different scenarios and some of the tough love and be like, look, there's there's more than one way to live. And here's here's a respectable way. 
And then the kicker to that, obviously, is what you were saying before, where near at the end of the movie... Well, I think one of the, one of the, one of the things that they did say is um, he thinks that... Doyle thinks that Dutch is only with the mom for the money. Mm-hmm. And Dutch says, no, what your dad gives your mom is less than what I make. Mm-hmm. So that's not it, kid. <laughs> you know? And so that kind of gets the, the head turning a little bit. And then at the end, you see that construction sign where it says Dutch Dooley Construction. You see that he actually does own his own construction his own, company. Yeah. And it's, again, it's one of those things that's never verbally said. And if you happen to be looking away and miss that sign, you wouldn't. Then you miss yeah. that whole thing. The movie still works without it, but you know, seeing that sign is like, yeah, this is just this guy being very humble about where he's coming from and appreciating what he has. Yeah, it's he doesn't really say it, but it's like he started. He does talk about how you know my mom. I forgot, you know, like my mom worked in a laundromat or something. I don't even yeah, like, remember that. Yeah, very blue collar, collar jobs for yeah. his, his parents. And my dad did this, which I forgot already. Yeah. But it's just kind of like he... But he doesn't say, hey, I started from the bottom and now I own my own company. Right. He completely purposely he omits that. Yeah, he, he doesn't say that. He hides his money that. from Doyle whenever possible. Um, but I think also him owning that construction company helps with the one of the later scenes where he helps the family in the homeless shelter as well um so at one point there's a lot of stuff that happens that gets them to this point but basically they lose their car they lose their money they lose their wallet through various circumstances scenes we can talk about as we go but they end up in a homeless shelter and uh the the mom and the dad give them a ride to chicago for the last leg of the trip and as they're getting out of the car dutch basically says yeah let me let me talk to my guys uh and we'll see what we can do about getting you a job Mm -hmm. just call the office on monday we'll see what we can do for you yeah you know so that type of stuff and i'm glad they had that type of conversation in there because i mean i don't know we didn't see the conversations between dutch and the homeless family at all no, it was then. mostly Doyle interacting with their their kid, their kid, and the mom having like a nice heart to heart with the yeah. with the mom. Yeah, because she was like, "We've been living in our car for however many days or weeks or whatever." And I think it's also really important to have that scene because it also shows Doyle. You can have everything handed to you, but sometimes things just don't go your way, right? Like. This this homeless family is homeless not because of any fault of their own. It's because of other circumstances mm-hmm. that were put upon to them. Um, and I think that's the first time he ever actually gets to see that side of life, too. Because he's been extremely sheltered, you know, in this whole thing. So he gets to finally see, oh, yeah, you're doing everything right. Like, you know, the company just laid you off. And then this other thing happened. And then this other thing happened. And... You know, none of that was an active decision. Mm-hmm. So he gets to see that. Um, and I think it's really good that this movie has these real moments and these actual conversations mixed in with the physical comedy, mixed in with like the Pratt Falls and the juvenile humor. And, yeah. You know, the the wacky fight scenes and stuff like that. Uh, it's 
it's a mix that could go horribly wrong, but I think works really well. What doesn't work well for me is the music. Yeah, I didn't, the music was pissing me off. <laughs> Alan Silvestri did the score. I actually didn't really write any of his credits down. He's done so much stuff. I mean, he's... Well, I was, like, has he... Well, you haven't wrote his credits down. Because I know there was... There are other movies in 1991 where I'm like, oh, I hate the score. <laughs> it's not, it's not, um, yeah, this score is not like a, one of the Newmans where it just sounds like everything else. This is like weird ass circus music over the fireworks scene. Yeah, I, um, I don't know if the music. I hate that. I don't know. I, I hate <laughs> yeah. that. <laughs> and it's a very long sequence too. Uh, so yeah, I don't after... even know what music you would play over it, but not circus not, music, not please. Not circus music. Um, and then, I don't know, was this score or was this one of those songs by Yellow with, like, the racy playing cards? You know, like he That might... song I like. Like, the soundtrack, but it doesn't, fine. I don't know, it's still, like, when it comes on... Does, it, the song is called Desire, because I looked it up. Desire was a different one, though. Desire was when they were, when in, they the were in the car. When they are in the car, okay. okay. But when well he's then, looking at the, oh, that the, nudie, the nudie playing cards that is... It's, yeah. I remember it from the trailer. Yeah. So whatever song is in the trailer of the movie, um, that's With the horn sound. Yeah, I don't know if that's a different yellow song, or if... Because there are more than one yellow song yeah. in the movie, or if that's part of the score. But either way, it's like... It's comical, and I think it's, you know, intended to be comical, but it's... I'm laughing at it more than with it. Yeah, the whatever the score was used throughout the movie made me really mad. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a downside, yeah. It, but the mute, like, the, the yellow songs that I did hear, except for maybe the one that you're talking about, yeah. I like... Yeah, the songs aren't bad on their own except for the circus music, but put into the context of the scenes, or it's it's usually not working very well. Um, but I mean, you have again Ed O'Neill Dutch trying to break Doyle out of his shell, and so he gets all these fireworks, and there's this really long sequence of him pulled over on the side of the road just lighting off fireworks by himself while Doyle is in the car rolling his eyes yeah, like this grown eyes, man just like, this goofing is, around. Yeah, he's like, this is stupid. And like, trying to pretend like he's not having fun and trying to hide his emotions, which is a recurring theme for a little while. Mm. You know, like, and Dutch is over there like pretending to like shoot fireworks out of his butt and like pretending like it's a wiener and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's <laughs> like, funny. Yeah. But don't play like do 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 like while yeah. he's doing it. That yeah. was making that was making me I was like I had mixed emotions. Like I was laughing at what Ed O'Neill was doing, but I was angry that the music was playing. Yep. <laughs> so but, you know, like I said, we, we got the mix of, like, the slapstick type stuff, and you got the serious moments sort of sprinkled in there. And one of the things he buys with the fireworks is this deck of racy playing cards. Right, and then he shows Doyle. He does some random magic trick where it's, like, only shows the top part of a naked woman. Mm-hmm. And you see his, like, eyes get all wide. Right. 
but yeah, it, and then there's a later scene where he he does it himself. Where he's yeah, he does it himself, and he you know he thinks that Dutch is sleeping, but he's not, and so yeah, sneaking a peek because he's a little horny little kid. Well, because he's like a twelve year old kid, or yeah, twelve or thirteen, whatever. Um. But yeah, there's a couple different scenes where just stuff happens. I, I also really like that the movie, again, is nonverbal, not only in the fact that they, they're just showing you the differences between the class, but also it's literally nonverbal. There's a lot of silent movie-type moments in this movie where um, a lot of non-talking battles, like when they're playing with like the music volumes and the seats and the windows in the car yeah. and a lot of the stuff that happens at nighttime, whatever, just... I don't even know why that scene... Well, I understand why, but it's just, like, out of the blue, Dutch is like, I'm just going to turn this music and volume up loud just to be a dick. Yeah, it could be. At first I thought it was kind of like a bonding thing where I thought they were both enjoying the song. Yeah. And I thought, like... The song came on, and I thought that Doyle turned the volume up a little bit. So they can both listen Dutch to it? And then turned it up higher because, like, oh, yeah, we both like this. No. But it no, was because it wasn't that. Doyle just wanted to be in silence. Yeah. But Dutch started it. I mean, he is an instigator. He's trying to get some sort of a rise. He's trying to get some sort of interaction going with Doyle. I get it, but... I don't know. Don't, it's like, you know, try to... I think I'm in the side of the kid. <laughs> but... <laughs> in that specific instance, sure. Most of the movie, no. I would no. be, like, beyond annoyed. Like, I just want to sit in silence, and I know he's, like, angry and whatever. <laughs> yeah. And, but But most they of the time, start I, this I'm, whole... I'm definitely on Dutch's side. They start this whole back and forth with the window being down and then the volume being up saying we're and then Doyle turns it down and then puts the window up yeah because I think because he, he's smoking as well I think at the time yeah, yeah. so it, there's um but it, it's just interesting to see you know again not relying on words mm-hmm. if you don't have to Doyle <laughs> is runs out of the car basically like stop the car stop the car stop the car let me out let me out um, and Dutch there was, threatens to drive off because okay. he's like throwing... There was like even points where I haven't seen this movie in a really long time but there was like points where I thought he would just open the door and like roll out. Sure. <laughs> like oh you're not gonna stop the car then I'm just gonna roll myself out. Yeah. Yeah I don't think he wants to cause himself physical pain. But at one point, yeah, he's, he's like, throwing dirt and snow clumps at the car, and, and Dutch is basically saying, you know, stop doing it. If you don't, if you do it one more time, I'm going to leave without you, and then you're going to have to walk to the motel. Right, and like then he does it again. miles away or something like that. Right. I don't remember what it is, but it's a long distance. And he does it again, and yeah, he's, he's left on the side he's of the like, road. He's like, all right, well, I'm walk. leaving here, like what I just said, and then Doyle has to walk however many miles in the cold. At that point, too, there was, like, so many points where I was, as Doyle, I would just call someone and be like, I'm fucking miserable. Yeah. Someone Look what bring this guy just home. did to me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm being somewhat abused here. <laughs> yeah. 
um, the yeah, there's a lot of stubbornness, and, and Dutch is relying on that stubbornness to get them all the way through because he knows that he doesn't like his mother. He knows that Doyle doesn't want to talk to his mother or admit defeat. He wants to go see his dad, mm-hmm. and the whole thing is like he thinks that there everyone's is... lying about him being in London and that you know he is actually going to be spending Thanksgiving with his dad. That's why he didn't use the plane ticket that his mom set up for right him. he's like no he just i don't stayed wanna... at the boarding house because dad's gonna come at some point um just living in major denial about the whole situation why okay i for this is another thing i forgot why didn't the mom just go down to did she say i don't know i don't remember anymore but i know, I know there that... i know there wouldn't be a movie but did she give a reason she was like Okay, I think it was because she was like, if I show up, he's not going to want to go. So can you go instead? I don't think he, I don't think she ever asks him. I think he just straight up offers and says, hey, I'll do, I'll do this. He's like, It'll be I'll a good do opportunity it. for me to bond with him and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and she's like, okay. <laughs> I, I w- to, to, to a man that's never met this child. Yeah. I will say that the, the lack of the mom in this movie is noticeable. You know, it would be nice to see a couple of, like, B-story moments. Like, her wondering what's going on? Yeah. You know, maybe have Dutch call on the sly once or twice and, like, give updates and stuff. There was a couple of times where he's like, hey... Like, after they got off... He says that he did, but we don't see it. There was... when When they got off that bus, and he's like, hey, do you want to talk to your mom? She's on the phone. Mm-hmm. And that's when... Doyle just walks on by past him and goes to the bathroom. Right, but we don't see the conversation between them, right? There's no shots of Joe Beth Williams in those. No, there's moments. not a shot. Like, that's and that's what I'm saying. Like, oh, the lack of actual character, or like you know, or show her like her side of like, hey, yeah. how's it going? Like, I'm worried and bloody blah, blah. Yeah, or just have her doing something else to prepare for the holidays, or, or you know, like maybe have her discover that Reed actually didn't go to London as well. Um, because yeah but we don't really i'm just saying like you you basically just have a couple of scenes of her at the very beginning and then her at the very end and like the mom who is like the central figure in doyle's life is almost completely absent from the movie Mm. and it's noticeable i know okay i know this movie is compared to planes trains and automobiles which i have not seen all the way through or if i have it's been oh. so long that i don't remember anything about i mean it. a lot of the stuff that happens in planes trains and automobiles like the pro like them losing their money and then it's similar situations like when doyle takes dutch's cigarette or cigar and like throws it in his crotch yeah that happens in planes trains and automobiles but not in that way it's kind of like when john candy's like falling asleep and he's smoking and all of a sudden like the car goes aflame or something but it's like similar situations whatever okay and when they're on the bus and they're being confronted by like those two whatever guys (laughs) or doyle is just being confronted by those two like scammer guys like yeah i mean yeah Doyle's like, hey, can you turn the music down? And they're like, sure, we can turn the music down. But what are you gonna... But, 
give us give your us, shoes. Yeah, give us your shoes. And then we see him not with his shoes on, but with their shoes on. So something happened. Yeah. And just and Dutch yeah. just lets that happen. Like he like Yeah, Dutch just I mean, looks over his shoulder and kind of like smirks. Yeah, they're not like, sitting together. Yeah. But yeah, he doesn't do anything about it. Again, it's to like, like I'm going to teach you through the school. Yeah, I'm going to teach you a lesson. Yeah. But Even <laughs> I if guess that I'm on like, Doyle's side. Like if I would I yeah, would in that case I'm like, annoyed. Yes. Like this is a crime that was just committed against me. Yeah. This is not okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah, there's some there's some scenes. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm with you. There's some scenes. Um where I I would want an adult to like step in and be like, "Hey, can you help me out here? These two adults are like coming after me." Yeah. And threatening me and you're not going to say anything. You're not like anything about I don't it. know. I would be angry as an already angry child. <laughs> yeah, and so <laughs> like there's that, there's um there's also the uh, I don't know when that took place if that was before or after the motel it must have been because it must have been after the motel because of the uh, well that's okay the, uh, the car yeah, so when so the whole thing where Dutch is like if you're gonna throw any more mud and whatever at the car I'm gonna leave and Doyle does it and he walks however many miles to that motel and like in the middle of the night he tries to take the car and that's when he like drives forward more into the hotel and kind of like messes up the car and he also like he's trying to take the car I guess and then he almost gets in an accident with like a truck driver yeah I don't know if his intention is to steal the car to drive away that's but what I thought but basically like Dutch is been wanting to do um Dutch is like you know not fully clothed he's ready for bed and uh, he tells Doyle to get his stuff out of the car and so he tosses him the keys and Doyle basically steals the car and has a hard time driving because it's the snow and he doesn't know how to drive and probably can't reach the pedals very well uh, but I don't know if he was trying to escape or if he was honestly trying to put to it ruin in the car a position to be crashed because what ends up happening is the truck comes by and completely smashes and totals the car and dutch thinks that doyle is still inside um you know. causing dutch to be a little scared like where's doyle well, of course like, oh yeah like he's not concerned about the car he's like oh my god this kid just died yeah like that's scary like yeah he doesn't give a shit about the car which is fine like he's worried about Doyle, yeah. but then when of he the finds two, then yes, of that's the two, yeah, be concerned about but when first. he finds Doyle, he's like, you know, that truck driver was just trying to get to his family and yada yada. Yeah, and that's one that made him super mad again. That that's one of the the good real conversations that happens in this movie that I don't think a lot of movies do, where you know they talk, they show him talking to the police they show him talking to the truck driver and saying hey if there's anything you need like here's my card which may have been the first clue that he owned his construction company can't really see the card very clearly but it has his name on there Mm. um but he yeah he comes to doyle and he basically says like look you you almost killed someone else like forget about what you did to my car Mm -hmm. right like this is something where you put other people's lives in danger just to try to get back at me 
Like, you cannot do that. Yeah, these are good, like, adult conversations to tell a child. Yes, and children are capable of some of these adult conversations. Yeah. They they should be having these things. Like, putting it in a not-selfish perspective. Like, think about what you just did. Yeah. Yeah, think about other people. Think about how it'll impact... Not just you. (laughs) ...the world. But I think Doyle just wanted to get... I don't know if he wanted to ruin the car because he was mad or if he... Or if he just got out when it got stuck and... Yeah. He's like, okay. I don't know if he was maliciously trying to ruin that car or he was like, okay, Dutch is sleeping. Let me get the fuck out of here. Yeah. I don't... I'm not sure either. Because what happens immediately after that real conversation is that Doyle's reaction is to want to fight. Yeah. And so they have... You know this this fist fight type of setup and and Dutch is like yeah, okay well he's give like, me your I best know, shot yeah I know karate <laughs> like, you're a little puny pipsqueak give me your best shot and he knocks him out cold unconscious on the floor um, with one punch so Doyle does to Dutch so it's weird it kind of like negates the whole thing that just happened in a way like he doesn't learn lessons he's like oh well, I'm gonna punch you because you tried to tell me I should think about actions. Mm. You know? It was kind of contradictory to me. But I'm glad that it was in the movie anyway. It, the whole movie is like a big battle of wits where, you know, one person is trying to one-up the other person. and Right. You know, you see Dutch using like reverse psychology here and there and other different tactics and Doyle is just trying to scheme like Kevin from Home Alone, you know, but without the props. So, I don't know. It, it's weird. But at some point, um, you know, they have no car now, so they just got off the bus. They have no shoes. And so, you know, they're they're pretending to be extremely destitute, which they are at the moment, in essence. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they get to hitch a ride in a hot rod with two young girls who take pity on them who are on their way to Indiana and get them part of the way there. So they meet up with Brock and Haley, and uh, they, they go on a long car ride, which is when the, the wallet gets stolen and some additional heart-to-heart stuff happens between Doyle and Brock. Yeah. So Brock is one of the girls. They're the both call girls, we learn, as the conversation goes. And so, yeah, um, Doyle opens up about his history and his, his past relationship with his mom and dad yeah, while, while Dutch is Dutch sleeping. sleeping. Yeah, and then meanwhile, in the front seat, Haley's trying to steal Dutch's ring and also his wallet. Yeah, gets the wallet no problem, and I think Doyle sees it and doesn't say anything. I don't know if it's he not a hundred percent obvious, but it kind of some of the cuts make it seem like he knew that it was happening. He was he thought it was like a funny joke in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but he also didn't know that Dutch still had money. In that wallet, he right? Is completely broke because they're you know because hard hard tough. They, they're love. like bussing it and yeah. whatever. Yeah, showing them what it means to be a common person. Um, but yeah, it's a pretty funny scene of her trying to get the ring off of him, doing all kinds of different stuff while that desire song is yeah yeah <laughs> by yellow, um, and then tries to like use lotion to to wiggle it loose and squirts the lotion into his, his mouth, mouth. And that's, that's where I kind of the end of the whole I kind of feel like they broke because it seemed like they were both laughing 
I mean, it's a funny situation. It is. Like, like it but makes sense for them to be laughing at what happened. Hey, like, sh- showing E.G. J- daily, she's just like, like, I don't know if she was, like, broke out of character in laughing at that scene it as herself be. or, like, as Haley or whatever. But it just seemed, I don't know, funny. It could be, but, I mean, it works. Yeah. So, I, I don't mind it. Um... But yeah, they, they make a pit stop and tell them to go inside and get some supplies and they they leave. So there's absolutely nothing in their position now. Yeah, they're in Hammond, Indiana at with, this point. With no money at all. Um, with absolutely no money and that's when... And no car. Yeah, that's when Doyle was like, I had $200 in that wallet or whatever. Dutched it, yeah. Or, oh yeah, Dutch. But yeah, it's... Um, that's when Doyle tries to call his dad. Yeah, and that's when... For help. He... He finds... Like, a woman just answers. Yeah. He finds out that... It's like, hey, can I talk well, to Mr. Standish? He was... Yeah, he was told that his father was going to be out of town, so why would he call his dad if he knows his dad is supposedly going to be out Because he town. thinks everyone's lying to him. Okay, so he's like, okay, let me call my dad. And then when a woman actually call, answers, and he's like, oh, your dad's asleep. That's what pisses him off. Yeah, because then he realizes... Oh, my dad's been home this entire time. Yep, and he never, never tried came to contact me, me yeah. never came for me. Exactly. So, yeah, everyone else assumed he was in London because that's what Reed said he was. Mm-hmm. But he lied to everyone. And, um, he was just at home with just sleeping around. a girlfriend or yeah. whatever. Um, anyway, they're able to hitchhike again. Uh, but, uh, well, on... but before they got picked up by the two call girls slash sex workers, that part where Dutch is teaching Doyle to act like pathetic, that's, that was a funny scene. Yeah. Like, try <laughs> just the, the, he's like, like try look, look like a puppy that. dog, and he's like doing that. <laughs> yeah. Or, I don't that whole scene was making me laugh. I mean, there are scenes where, yeah, I'm cracking up. I mean, there's and I, good... and I'm just thinking like they had a good time doing that. <laughs> I don't know. And then it kind of comes into the next part because after they hitchhike, they basically like hitch a ride inside some truck that's carrying some major cement, like, cement or stuff. Like, and so they're like, they yeah, they're just dirty. Yeah. So and then they end up in some weird um, parking lot that's with a guard, and they weren't supposed to be there. I don't think they, I don't think the truck driver knew that they were there. They just yeah, I think yeah, they literally just like climbed in just to. It get up and then they might have fell asleep and then they wake up and they're now in some random parking lot yeah and so the the security guards are like trying to cause trouble and so he gets to act again and basically um as they're getting kicked out doyle you know pulls out the karate moves and the bb gun and he acts like he's he acts like he he killed someone he's crazed and yeah he's like actually this criminal mastermind like a child child killer (laughs) And Dutch is just like, just, you don't want to make him angry. Yeah. And, I mean, that scene is whatever. That's very Home Alone-ish. 
Yeah. With, like, these two, like, bumbling security guards, like, oh, I'm scared of this 12-year-old. And then, yeah, they get beat up by, like, the cartoony violence, yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah, this movie is sort of, like, half cartoon at times. It's, it's, it's again, a really weird mix of everything. Yeah. But it still works to me. I don't know. Uh, and then, yeah, they, they end up in the homeless shelter because they're just trying to go into a restaurant and, and get cleaned up. And then this couple sees them and is like, oh, well, let me take you to the shelter. And then they meet the family in the shelter and, again, have a good bonding experience. And we finally make it back home. Um, and Reed is there. Yeah, this scene... Because he realized when the... The, 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 woman, the woman answered, answered the, the phone, phone that, oh, said some kid called. Uh-oh, the kid... The kid is his the, son. Yeah, the, the kid learned things, so I'm going to kind of head things off at the pass and go to the mom's house, Yeah. so I'll be there when he arrives. This scene reminded me of the ending scene in All I Want for Christmas. Yeah. When all the family members were, like, arriving randomly at the same time on Christmas Day, but instead this is Thanksgiving Day. Yeah. Yeah, and there's not as many people, so it's, yeah. It's, it was just Reed as... coming over, and then the mom was there with her, I don't even, like, her maid? Yeah, cook, some cook type of person. Assistant person? Exactly as, like... Listed as gritzy in the comp. Yeah, uh, but exactly the past, like so. the person that's in All I Want for Christmas. Like, the woman yeah. who was, like, an everything person <laughs> just did everything in the house. So, and she just has... A few funny cutaway <laughs> shots where yeah, we, ju- we get to see her reaction instead of any of the family members' reactions to the Yeah, mostly her, on. yeah, making faces. Yes. And then <laughs> but yeah, the it's, confrontation it's the when Doyle and Dutch do get to the door and... Doyle sees his dad at his mom's house, or yeah, I must. Mm-hmm. Well, his yeah, their it's the, house. It's the, the mom's f- house. The mom's house, but it was probably it's the mom's their house. house. That's going to be taken away from them. Well, it was probably like their house when they were all together as a family before they got divorced. Uh, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. All I know is and that then um, Reed yeah, was Reed like, says, "Oh, you can keep you the house, house, or whatever." Yeah. Well, until. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, at the very end, right? Like, after everything goes down, Reed is basically saying, okay, you have, like, a couple days to get out of this house now. And then that's when the confrontation between right. him and Dutch happens, and he extends it to, like, six months. Right. So it, they're going to be there for six more months, and that's it. But anyway. Um, yeah, Dutch is, Dutch is there, Doyle is there, and Doyle, like, basically goes past the dad, and, like, it's now on mom's side right he he sees his mom well he doesn't even acknowledge well he sees his dad and he's like pissed and then he sees his mom and he just goes up to her and they hug and his mom is just really relieved about that and then they have a confrontation that's when the confrontation between dutch and reed happens but then Gritzy, the whoever maid slash cook slash housekeeper, just has her, the coat for Reed re- ready for him. Mm-hmm. They're just like, okay, now leave. And then you see her with this happy face holding a coat. <laughs> and yeah. Just like, here you go, and pushes him out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
So yeah, he tries to use his money and, and power as, as a gambling chip again here, and it you know Dush just doesn't have anything to do with it, and actually like pops him on the top of the head with his ring, and, and uh, like leaves an indentation from the punch, and he's all you know. Yeah, he's like disheveled, disheveled from yeah. that. Uh, and basically says, "Okay, you guys have six months to get out of this house," and blah blah. And blah, he blah, just blah. like fucks off into the day, but. Then they show the Thanksgiving dinner of just the mom, Dutch Doyle, and Gritzy. Yeah, <laughs> is she there? She's yeah, I think so. Sort of. I mean, she brings out the food. I don't yeah, know. but I'm like, um, they don't okay. show the actual like eating part too much. Because, no, because Dutch says, "Hey Doyle, go get this thing from the other room." I bought. I have something, I got something for, your, for mom. your mom, and they're like, "Now, like we just sat yeah. down," and then he's like, "Okay," but then he realizes, "Oh, like it's it's set up right. to be like a sweet moment where you think, oh, like he's gonna propose gonna, yeah, to his mom, gonna go get this ring so I can propose to your mom," and he's like, and "Oh, okay," it, but then midway he realizes, "Oh, I'm being set up," and then he turns around, and sees Dutch with the BB gun, and he gets shot. Yeah. The end. <laughs> yeah. So and then it's that horn music and that music. I don't know that wacky whatever. The, the racy playing card music plays it, I, which I don't like, care for. Um, I really wish that the moment when Doyle and the mom reunite at the end would have been more impactful. I feel like it's almost glossed over. Yeah, like you don't really see their relationship. Like, why do they love each other? <laughs> Wait, what, Dutch I, and the mom. No, no, Doyle. Doyle. Oh, and the Doyle mom. and the mom. Like, when when he chooses the mom, like you know, like when he bypasses Reed and goes to the mom, like that's that's, that's, that's like a small like heart key, to heart. The yeah. key moment, and it's kind of glossed over in my mind. I feel like they've paid more attention to like Reed's reaction and Dutch's reaction. I to think the whole Re- thing, Doyle like realized it soak in. Like, hey, yeah, they're finally bonding. I think Doyle realized he missed his mom is when he was bonding with the homeless family. I know, but like... Show more of that? Yeah, like show, I don't know, linger on the moment between mother and son. Alright. I I was just, I, I wanted to know more about like how Dutch and Natalie got together. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Like their relationship, but whatever. Yeah, we don't really know because we don't get to know a lot about Natalie. Other than she's trying her best to be happy and she doesn't care about money so like that's good um but overall i mean i think the movie was very effective in what it tried to do uh you know there's obviously some weird parts in there like some of the the criminal aspects of their relationships and you know interactions but whatever it's a comedy right so we'll talk about the cast and crew uh we got peter Feynman as the director he's known for the crocodile dundee movie uh, he's an Australian director. This is really his only American effort, uh, since this was a huge box office bomb, surprisingly enough. I thought it was more popular than others, but no, this is like 123rd on the box office list. For comparison, uh, the other John Hughes movies that we've released in 1991, Career Opportunities was 88, and Curly Sue was number 40. This had a budget of $17 million and grossed only about 4.6. Huge, huge flop. Um, but Peter Feynman also did things like the Paul Hogan show and the Don Lane show in Australia for 700 episodes. Uh, John Hughes, we've talked about him already. 
but we'll see him again with Curly Sue next week. Uh, Ed O'Neill is Dutch Dooley, three-time Emmy nomination for Modern Family, two-time Golden Globe nominee for Married with Children. No crossover there at all. He's also been in things like Finding Dory and Record Ralph more recently. He did the Dragnet TV show with Ethan Embry, uh, who also was in that at some point, I believe. Uh, he's had bit parts in Wayne's World. Uh, he was in Little Giants. Uh, and he also had a 1991 movie, The Whereabouts of Jenny. Um, small little piece of trivia that people probably know, but maybe some don't. He was drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers as an NFL player, uh, but he was cut in training camp and never made an actual NFL roster. Ethan Embry credited as Ethan Randall in this. We've seen him before uh, in the uh, All I Want for Christmas. We'll see him again in Defending Your Life. And also he's in the 1991 movie Bad Attitudes. He's been in things like Empire Records, Can't Really Wait, Vegas Vacation, and Grace and Frankie. We talked about him before. Joe Beth Williams is Natalie Standish, Oscar-nominated for directing a short film called On Hope, which starred Mercedes Ruel. Uh, Golden Globe and Emmy-nominated for Baby M, Emmy-nominated for Adam, and a guest spot on Frasier. 1991 movies that she's also in are Victim of Love and Switch. She's been in things like Kramer vs. Kramer, Stir Crazy, Poltergeist 1 and 2, and The Big Chill. Christopher McDonald, we've seen before. He played Reed Standish, always the villain. Uh, we saw him as the villain in Wild Orchid 2. We'll see him again in Thelma Louise. He's also in Red Wing, Fatal Exposure. Emmy nomination for Hacks, Quiz Show. Uh, not Emmy nominated for Quiz Show, but he's been in things like Quiz Show, Happy Gilmore, Requiem for a Dream, Family Law, and Harry's Law. Where I mean, he pretty much always just plays the bad guy dick. Oh, yeah, he's good and at he's it. He's good at it, yeah. <laughs> uh, Brock was played by Ari Myers. She was a three-time Young Artist nominee for Kate and Allie. She was one of the kids in Kate and Allie. Mm -hmm. um, she also had a recurring role in the animated show Stanley, which is a kid's show from the early 2000s. She was in How to Make an American Quilt, and she's left the acting industry and now works as a postpartum nurse and a lactation consultant. Uh, L. Scott Caldwell was the homeless woman. She has uh, been in quite a lot of stuff. She was in the 1991 movies Up Against the Wall and Baby of the Bride. She's been in things like Fugitive, Judging Amy, Lost, where she played Rose Nadler, Secret Life of the American Teenager, Mercy Street, How to Get Away with Murder, and she's also a Tony winner from the 1988 play Come and Gone, where she won Best Actress. Uh, lastly, I want to mention Elizabeth Daly, who is credited as E.G. Daly. She's in the 1991 movie Dogfight. People probably know her pretty well for Pee-wee's Big Adventure, where she plays Dottie. She was also in things like Valley Girl, but also very well known for her uh, voice acting career. She was in things like the Problem Child TV show. Uh, she was Babe the Pig. She's Buttercup on the Powerpuff Girls, and also Tommy Pickles in Rugrats. So, in terms of awards, the only thing that we have is the Young Artist Awards where Ethan Embry won for Best Male, you know, Child Performance, and the movie itself was nominated for the Best Family Motion Picture Comedy, but lost to What About Bob? So we can move on to true kind of pop culture. Okay, so I'm just going to talk about E.G. Daly, her musical career. I'm going to try and do it in chronological order <laughs> because she's still like, I was like, still where? Still going, huh? Yeah, she, sort of. I'm, she started to collaborate with some of Madonna's um, 
producers. I've mentioned this before. This person, Jelly John Jellybean Benitez. I've yeah. mentioned his name. She started to work with him. And in the early 80s, she had a couple songs that were on the soundtrack for Scarface. They were called Shake It Up and I'm Hot Tonight. The I, th- I have so many music videos <laughs> of hers. We'll add a couple. Maybe, but... We'll the, let you go through the rabbit hole if you want to. I'll yeah, the, but the song Shake It Up, there is a video. It's a Soul Train video. So it's not truly her music video, but it was like an episode of Soul Train where they play her song Shake It Up. Mm. And halfway through that YouTube video, Rosie Perez is dancing to it. So I'll show, well, I'll put that on the website because I thought that was cool to see Rosie Perez dancing to an E.G. Daily song. Night on Earth star Rosie Perez. Yeah. And... Then in, she did a lot of soundtracks. Then she went on to do the music for, she did one song for The Breakfast Club. Mm. That song is called Waiting. And she is maybe known for Better Off Dead. I kind of remember her in this. She was the singer. There's like a point in the movie where they go to like a party. She's on stage singing and one of that songs, the one she's singing on stage is called One Way Love, but she did another song that's also on the Better Off Dead soundtrack called A Little Look. Okay. She only had one song that went onto the Billboard Hot 100 and that song is what she did. It's like an art. Her genres are all across the board. She does like dance, pop, rock, and then I think most recently like country. Okay. So her n- number, the only song that went to the Billboard Hot 100 of hers was a 1986 song. It was like an R&B rock single called Say It, Say It. That was number 70 in 1986 and then it was a number one hot dance music club party song for that year in 1986 she did so her songs in Scarface Shake It Up and I'm Hot Tonight they were both in the the video game Grand Theft Auto 3 Mm. And they were also included in the Scarface, The World is Yours video game. Okay. That makes sense. She did another song, (laughs) Love in the Shadows, and this was for a movie called Thief of Hearts that came out in 1984. That was an erotic thriller. I've never heard of that song. I've never heard of that one either. She also did the song for the movie in Summer School. Did you ever watch Summer School? Yeah, in college I've seen it. Yeah. Okay. Cause I don't remember the songs. She did this song called Mind Over Matter, and I like the video. I think I will show that video because it's right. like, it's one of the rare times where it's like, you know, like in the 80s, it was just like her interacting with, 
the cast of the movie. Yeah, I miss those types of things. Like, you know, like Cindy yeah. Lauper and, you know... The Goonies. The Goonies. Yeah. Like, this was the same thing with Summer School. And I was like, I'm, I like that video and I miss videos like that. But in... In that video, she plays the guitar, harmonica, keyboards, percussion. So she's like a quintuple threat. I don't even know. <laughs> a Jill of all trades. She, yes. she knows how to do everything. She can act, sing, voice act, and play a bunch of instruments. She's had four albums. And in 1989, and then 1999, and then she did one in 2008. But none of them really charted except for that one song that I said previously. And in 2003, she did a song called Changing Faces, which was in the end credits of the Rugrats Go Wild movie. I didn't see that one. No, but it's not a surprise that she was uh, able to negotiate getting a song into that movie since she was the star. Yeah, she's the star. And she, this is, this blew my mind. (laughs) She did the uh, voiceover of the Two and a Half Men song. Oh, okay. The theme song? The theme song, you know, the high parts that the the little kid kid sings. That was her voice. Oh. I mean, I feel like she's making money in residuals. She's doing doing well. She's had a nice prolific. And run. then this, I I never watched this show, and but I also learned this this morning. In 2013, she was a contestant on The Voice, their fifth season. Hmm. That's what I was spending so much time looking up. Okay, that's that's so weird. Like, because she's clearly had recording contracts. I thought The Voice was like for pure amateurs. That's what I thought. I've never seen I, The Voice. Me neither. That's why I'm so. like I don't know the rules. <laughs> like, <laughs> but I there there is an, a YouTube video of her like the first. You know I know the premise sort of like you know you go, they go in blind and then you sing a song and then the four coaches turn around if they want to coach you whatever. Yeah, yeah. So that part where she I'll put that in. We'll put that on the website because there is like her, her like promo video for going on The Voice. Like she's she's like I, I've been an actress and I had a singing career in the eighties and early nineties and I kind of stopped because I became a mom and I focused on being a mom. But singing has always been a love of mine and I want to be a singer again. Mm-hmm. That was like her story. So she goes on and she sings the song Breathe from Faith Hill. Mm. Two judges turn around and it's Blake Shelton and CeeLo. And she chooses to be on Blake's team. She did not win that season. She lost in the knockout rounds. I don't even know what that means. (laughs) I'm assuming at the very end, like she went far, but she didn't win. And she lost to... Of performance of Bonnie Raitt's I Can't Make You Love Me. But there is also in that um, promo when she, when the all four of the 
judges turn around, they're like, hey, don't we know you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Aren't you an actress or something? Yeah. And she was like, have you seen Pee Wee Herman's Big Adventure? I'm Dottie. And they're like, oh, like everyone's minds are blowing. Sure. And that's when like Christina Aguilera is now pushing her the button, <laughs> even though it was like after the fact. Yeah. <laughs> so then I was like, well, what happened after that? But I, I just looked her up. She's, she does, like, TikTok videos, and she's really, um, like, I follow her on Instagram now. I just found her Instagram, and she does, like, videos with her daughters, and it's cute, and she still does sing, but I guess she just hasn't come out with any singles or albums. Yeah. yeah but I don't feel like she really needs to. No, I mean, yeah. I mean, there's definitely people who do things they don't need to, but yeah. Well, best of luck to her. I know I know that uh, one thing you didn't mention that I saw in the IMDb credits is that she was the musical guest of a 1986 SNL episode. Oh, okay. With level 42, it was also a musical guest that same episode. So, like, at the height of her career, she got to be on SNL. Yeah, in the 80s. Yeah, at the I... low part of SNL. Oh, in the, in the, like, 1985? Yeah, it was 86, during... yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, because then... Jimmy Breslin and Marvin Hagler were the hosts. I don't even so know who these people are. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, she... It was just seemed as if she was going to be, like, the next Madonna, maybe? Because all of her videos in the 80s are very, like, as if they wanted to do like slightly sensual or something yeah like she 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 has like that signature like haircut where it's like wild long blonde hair like you know with layers and whatever and she has like very thick eyeliner she still does that to this day Mm. and that's like what she's known for (laughs) (laughs) i don't know but yeah, in the beginning, it just seemed as if she was trying to be like sensual. Yeah. But I mean, and then she kind of just grew into doing like the Rugrats movie song and stuff like that. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I mean, she's had a nice, nice long career at least. So. Yeah. And still very much capable of keeping it going. Uh, so with that, we'll move on to rankings and ratings. Yeah. Okay. Uh, on your one to five star scale, where are you going to put Dutch? I was going back and forth. Okay. Uh, I like this movie more than career opportunities. Me too. But I think I'm going to give this a three it's on i like it as much as like all i want for christmas mm. they're both like you know light-hearted yeah different good, way good different fe- vibes good feeling family movies yeah i'm on my zero to four star scale i'm also gonna give it a three uh, i was surprised at how much i like this movie and i'm surprised that it didn't do well but i think mainly because people compare it to planes trains and automobiles and everyone's like why is this like why is why are they making this again or something yeah i don't really know what i mean it was like the middle of summer where you had you know point break i mean obviously different audiences right. to a degree you, but you also have like t2 the, just mania took over everything right it's just like it came out 
in a really weird time. Like if this came like, this out is a in Thanksgiving movie that came out mid July. Yeah, and I don't know why, but who knows with like distribution and whatever the hell, I have no idea. So maybe it just was bad. Like timing it was just and... under the radar, radar, and because he had like career opportunities, and I know like we're gonna watch Curly Sue next week, so yeah, we can week. just. But I think Curly Sue, that's like another, oh, is that another holiday-ish I movie? I haven't seen it, so we'll, uh, I, I'll... It's like a winter movie, I think. Oh, okay. I mean, all I know about Curly Sue is the cover. Whereas, like, Dutch, I recognize some of the scenes from watching commercials and trailers, like Ed O'Neill slipping and falling on the, the ice, and, you know, him doubling over in pain from getting punched, and, like, all these physical comedy things that they throw on the trailer. I remember that. I don't know anything about Career Opportunities or Curly Sue before I watched them, so I, I was surprised to see it so low. But anyway, every movie's worth watching once. Would you watch this again? Yeah. I would, too. I don't think it's, like, a yearly holiday classic or anything like that. But... I mean, I'm surprised it isn't, because, like, you know how they play the Christmas movie over and over and over again during Christmas time? But I don't think there's enough holiday imagery for that to be the case. There's, like, a couple scenes in snow. All right. Because, I mean, planes, trains, and automobiles, it's the same thing. They're trying to get to their families for Thanksgiving. Maybe, yeah. Maybe that's a big reason why. It's like, everyone just thought it was way too derivative of that. And so they're like, eh, we've seen this already. Here's a better version of it. Which already happened because you had better actors, like you had John Candy and like Steve Martin who are already... Better actor is relative, but yeah, I mean... Well, like... These are great performances in this movie. Right, yeah, I'm just saying like well-known, already established actors that people already know and love, I guess. Yep. But they can play that... They can do like a... Because I know last... John Hughes back-to-back. Yeah, back-to-back, whatever on TNT or TBS because I know last year for Thanksgiving Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is on like 24-7 because I watched that movie three times in a row <laughs> last year with my family so I, I know Planes, Trains, and Automobiles like by heart again <laughs> but I'm like they can play you know they can go they can switch off they can do Planes, Trains, and Automobiles and yeah, then bounce. Dutch then back to Planes, Trains, and Automobiles yeah. I don't know Anyway, uh, short answer, yes, we would both watch yeah. this again. If you out there want to watch Dutch as of this recording in November 2022, it's available on VHS or DVD only. No digital rental, no streaming at all. But that can change, so check your local listings. As for us, you can listen to us on all of your major podcasting platforms. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends. You can email us at 1991movierewind at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, YouTube. Just search 1991movierewind. Or go to 1991movierewind.com for the full list of movies along with show notes and more. Next week, like we've said a couple times, we're going to be watching the last John Hughes 1991 written movie, Curly Sue. That's available as a digital rental, VHS or DVD. We will see you then.